Hello and welcome to uh, Digital Twin Podcast, episode uh, six of our season three. Uh, welcome, Omar. Good to be back. Good to be back. Good to be back. So today we are taking on the next uh, on the list here on the Porter's value chain that we've been looking at over the last few weeks, right? And um, and it's specifically about marketing. We decided to break that uh, sales and marketing into two. We'll cover marketing this uh this episode and we'll cover sales in the next because we think it's it's really important and it's probably very crit- critical to uh, from a digital standpoint uh, that we talk about both. So uh, so really, again, to remind our listeners uh, that are tracking us uh, all through this process is is our goal to break this down into simple concepts as to uh, you know what the impact of digital and marketing is. And then we're going to talk about the reality of some of the, the technology. How real is it? Can you do now? Can you start now? If you're not doing it today, are we ready to go? And the third part of it is, is what's the value that's being generated? You know, is, is it real from a business perspective? Because you don't want to do anything unless it's, you know, uh, not based on hype anyway, right? So that's kind of uh, our topic for the day. Uh, and yeah, and I think I think for the most part, Harry, it's it's... It's a good thing that we broke these two sections down because I think sales and marketing always get lumped into one bucket. Yeah. And in reality, they should be looked at as kind of a a real close niche um, uh, primary activity. But uh, what we what we tend to find is that um, they're both complex in their own ways, and the critical component to this is the handshake, where they where they actually interlink. And how the strategies align, and I think, yeah. you know, we're seeing some different ideas being floated out on how traditional marketing worked, and what is changing today, and how does that really affect your go-to-market, your overall business plan? In some cases, you know, we used to develop a business plan around a product that's been developed and engineered to suit a big market to do this because we think customers are going to like it and then we'll go and splash awareness and they'll come running. Yeah. In the agile, fast flex days, you almost start with an idea, marketing, and then business plan. This is how <laughs> a lot of yeah. companies are starting to work. I mean, you would, you would, it's almost flipped in, yeah. a, in, a, in, a, in, its, in its head. But in reality, it has because with the new developments around the marketing tools and technologies and how we track and feel traction across products or services that might be wanted by customers, there's new things there available for us to get a good gauge of whether we think this is a, a viable business or product or service uh, moving forward, right? I mean, yep. you know, just just to give you an example, a lot of SaaS companies out there, as you you know, as we've always noted, I mean, they they get a quick website together with some great ideas. And they flash the marketing and see who's really out there trying to solve some of these these theoretical problems that we hear out there just to see who bites, right? And with that, you start to get intelligence whether this is important and how big it is, right? In fact, I mean, it, it, is, uh, it is so prevalent that today uh, a lot of SaaS companies would build something in InVision or Figma. And, you know, these are, you know... Uh, wireframing tools for those who are not tracking this, but you can build something pretty close to 
uh, a product uh, with all the color schemes and and you know all of the different uh, actions you would take in an application, and you would float it out there and see what feedback you get. And you can you can track exactly what you need to build based on that because it's much easier to move things around when it's a wireframing tool as opposed to even building an application and you know uh, putting it on a web page, right? It does take a little bit more effort to to build that, but you don't even have to do that today, right? So you can build an entire business by not investing in the things that you would traditionally invest in. But if you even go to the traditional industries that you and I talked about offline before getting on, right? Even the traditional industries have been, you know, significantly just uh, been impacted by by the the rise of digital in in marketing, oh, yeah. um, and that's due to two things: one, personalization, right? You now, you know, and then that's along the lines of what you just described. But you have the ability to personalize your product or service based on exactly what that demographic is looking for and the second element you know as as we talked about is analytics you get that data then you can run massive analytics at scale and define what your next move is going to be right Uh, in in a way that it's it's quite powerful um that the intuitive decision making in business and the entrepreneurial spirit is really being taken out of a decision making of a gut feel and analytics is taking the place of gut feel for hey data's telling me this right and more and more people feel more comfortable doing this because they feel like they got data on their side they got truth they got facts they can sell this to investors they got everything that they need versus a I have a great idea and I think people are going to like it because I just know. You, you don't need right? to you don't need yeah. to speculate. Yeah. And you know, we when you talk about personalizing that that front is today, you know, a lot of, you know, whether it's social media, whether it's Google, all these big tech companies know where your eyes are. Mm-hmm. Right? On your mobile devices, they know what you what you like, what podcasts, what, you know, streaming music, everything you can think of. They know they got your attention from what you listen to, what you see, how you take in information, right? And it's a very powerful component in trying to target your specific audiences, as you're saying, um, and throwing them the right information that you think might resonate with them. There's a and couple of good examples there, right? One we talked about in the in the Amazon. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, maybe you can talk about it. But, you know, one, one thing that came to mind right now is there are companies uh, like Hotjar, for example, right? They What they do is they track every click on a web page. They even record the user behavior on a, on a, web, uh, on a website. So if a user uh, or visitor is clicking on, you know, something of a heading instead of a CTA, a call to action, right? Mm-hmm. You as a company can define, hey, these we're misleading our visitors and we're they're clicking on someplace else. It take it takes them additional few seconds to figure out where to click. That's that's again, you know, causing a distraction, potentially losing a visitor or two. I mean, we have that level of visibility into how long a person is on a website, what part of the website, where they clicked, where they didn't click, how much of a video they watched, right? All of that data that just feeds into the analytics engine that then tells them, wait, the next time a visitor comes to my website, it is going to be a new experience, right? 
And, and uh, to your point on that, I think it's important because it used to be very expensive to understand how to yeah. understand Absolutely. the customer's, yeah. you know, experience, Behavior, right? yeah. behaviors. It used to be very expensive to do that. And today, you can do it for cents on the dollar. Yes. I mean, yeah. you could find behaviors and then statistically, you know, correlate that to bigger bigger sample sizes of, of, of your, your demographics. There's a lot of tools and, and, um, and um, it doesn't cost that much money to do, right? And once you develop that, mm-hmm. you really, you, you, you've got something, right? Because that used to take a very long process and long time, a lot of money, yeah. spend a lot of consultants, research analysts, you, you name it to try to figure this out for you. But you know, the, the power of that still lies in a few companies yes. that really actually have that you know, data. So let's say, for example, you went on Amazon and clicked on a product and you put it in, you know, oh, you didn't even put it in the basket. You just, uh, you know, just browsed at it, just looked at it, scrolled down, looked at all the details, read all the re- you know, reviews. Amazon, Amazon already knows that you did that, right? That you have interest in either that product or a class of products that you're looking for, right? And the next time it's going to, its algorithm is going to automatically recommend similar products because they want you to go buy it from Amazon and not from Walmart, right? And specifically targeted, like that's top of your mind. Omar is looking for a certain product right now in, on Saturday. He looked for it. Guess what? Sunday he's probably thinking about it or he's already bought it, right? Now, Amazon is, you know, you're, we're all captive customers of Amazon. But if you're a new company, Getting in front of people, getting their attention is so complex and so expensive, right? It's on the flip side, right? You know, how do you get, how do you get in front of a Google search, right? How do you get in the top page? It's expensive. How do you get in front of customers so that you can get their attention? That part, I believe, is expensive. But if you're a big company with captive customers, it's easy to understand what you know, your customers are looking for and fine tune and you, the strong gets stronger in my opinion anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think to your point, it is very good data and insight of the mind. What's even fascinating. I don't know if you've been on, you know, you maybe Amazon does this, but you find this in a lot of other retailers such as uh, Best Buy. I'll give an example, a quick one where they allow you to put two, three, four different items and compare them side by side. Yeah. Just think about the power of the side by side comparisons and the data that the customer is evaluated across all the features and functions and ultimately will look at the one that they want to buy. And they compared all of them, yeah. right? From price points to features and everything. Just think about just that little exercise that one person does. It's right? telling you, hey, don't go anywhere else to do a comparison. I have it right here for you. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Yeah. But think right. about all the intelligence yes. that you would be able to sell to all those competitors. Right. And, hey, you know, this is, you know, they're, they're looking across all you guys and they're still picking A. They're still picking competitor B. You're, you're, some, you're not, there's something they're doing. So that intelligence feeds back into the overall ecosystem to make products more. And I uh, bet they have classified you and me into a type of buyer that either would buy a certain category of products based on branding, based on value, based on price, right? All of that, they've already defined or determined uh, about you, the algorithms. And, and these recommendations aren't just uh, a random recommendation. They're based on what they think you're most likely to pick. So you don't walk away and go buy it from Target or Walmart, right? Yeah. 
and I, you know, it's just funny that you mentioned that, but it's 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 amazing because, you know, the smart buyers are comparing, reading reviews, they're figuring out a lot of different things about the products. Before really, the second piece of this where sales comes in and engages, you know, we're talking about a product here in just general from a B two C standpoint, but when you talk about B two B, it's a little bit more of a different engagement. Sure when we talk about how sales kind of integrates into that because that my friends is where you have to really be you know in line and in sync that's been disrupted too that's been disrupted absolutely it's 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 been quite because you know 70 percent of the buying uh, or the the buyer's journey has already been completed by the time a salesperson is engaged at that point it's more of a validation right Although back in the day, it was the exact opposite. If you wanted to buy something from, you know, Oracle or, you know, Salesforce, you know, you're going to engage a salesperson. You're going through this complete discovery process. What problems do you have? How do I solve it? You know, now customers have the tools and the information out on the web websites that they can do all of that initial step without any influence from any of the salespeople from any of the companies and go really 70% of the way and then they're checking and validating to make sure what they re- read, learned on the internet, is that right, right? Do you really offer what, what, what you say you offer, right? That's where they are, this validation. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, to me, there's a lot of unique things that can happen in that, in that handshake and how things kind of move to, to, from one side to the next. Yeah. More in a B2B application, you know, more in the industrial side, more in a, in a lot of the commercial side. Uh, obviously, in the B two C, it's quite simple, right? It's it's in your cart and it's out. It's out shipping to you. You get it next day or next hour, whatever you want it, right? I mean, um, but you know, in reality, the tools are there. And if we had to decide, if we had to to put you know a maturity scale on each of these you know Porter value chains, I would say the marketing side is probably by far one of the fastest, more mature segments within the value chain analysis if you look at porters that has really really you know changed the game in a lot of things in a lot of ways they've, they've kind of forced the transformation in the yep. other the other uh, activities that we've been almost at. every industry that's where the that yep. it seems to have really big impact kind of played yeah have an impact yeah. and and the, the reality is so if you know in terms of uh the value i, I think it's been already proven that there is significant value in understanding you know, your consumer, your your customer, and then tailoring your products and services, right? I mean, so the third part of what we usually talk about, the, the you know, the value, I, I think it's already been clearly, clearly established. So if you're out there and, you, you know, either you don't have the right, you know, data collection engines, the processes and the right talent in-house, right now is the time to ensure those all three are in place because this is, this is a journey whether it's 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 SEO, whether it's understanding uh, the the demographics and and fine tuning your products, these are not overnight capabilities. It takes effort and time to to really develop and mold your offerings to to meet your market. And if you're not doing it now, um, which would be I would be surprised, right? And yeah. <laughs> you better start now, whatever size yeah. businesses you are. Yeah, and I think yeah, to your point, I'll I'll, I'll just add to the value. It's that. You know, the days of budgeting $10 million for marketing and then figuring out at the end of the year how successful that was. Let's take a swing at it, see what happens, right? (laughs) That's over. That's over. 
the days of spending $10 to see how much $10 is really going to yield you in the next day is here. Absolutely. So it's it's completely and, and the metrics are there, the right? Game. The metrics, everything is being What's measured. the cost of acquiring a customer? How long it's going to take? All of that have been defined and, and trackable. Absolutely. So there's no reason to guess anymore. Yeah. It's not like we're hoping to see if this works. It's like we can prove to see if this works. Yes. Or like change. That. Or change, or your change in a minute. Yeah. Or say, hey, this business is not viable. We need to move on, right? This product we haven't developed yet. Should we Should we? Or should we not develop it? Answer, yes or no. Nobody's going to buy it, right? I mean, ultimately, yeah. you know, there, you can build the greatest product, uh, but uh, if it doesn't... Nobody meet, buys it? But that's the ultimate test. Is somebody going to take their wallet out and pay for it? Yeah. If not doesn't matter whether you have a great product or move not. on move on move yes. on from that right so well i'd like to thank everybody for joining us on this segment on marketing um you can find us on the digital twin podcast um you can look us up on spotify we're on all the, the different podcast um outlets out there apple um as well as uh spotify and spotify Stitcher and you name it and uh, we do appreciate uh, if you have any comments uh last week uh, we had some good uh, comments on that uh, we're getting back on our blogs as well for that so um and, and and responding to the messages so we appreciate that and uh thank you all for uh joining us today thank you <laughs>